0: Father, we thank you for all the mothers here, and we just pray that you would speak words of encouragement into their hearts today. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Now, there was this gal. She was actually a sailor stationed in San Diego, and she's walking along the pier, and she noticed what seemed to be a pirate, old pirate, sitting on one of the benches on the pier. She thought that since he looked, that he looked like he might have been in costume, that he was part of the SeaWorld, you know, presentation. And, and so she didn't think he was really a pirate. But the closer she got, the more she realized that he really did have a peg leg. He really did have a hook for a hand, and he really had an eye patch. So she came up and she asked him. She said, uh, sir, i got to ask you, how did you lose your leg? And the old pirate said, "Arg, shark on the high seat, ate me leg. And she's like, all right. And I suppose that the shark also bit off your hand. And he said, "Arg!" a sword fight with the great grandson of Blackbeard cut off me hand. She's like, right, right. Of course. And I suppose the sword poked out your eye too. And he shook his head and said, "Arg!" a seagull dropping in me eye. And she said, Now do you expect me to believe that a seagull dropping put out your eye? And he said, Arg, it was me first day with me new hook. <laughs> well, motherhood can be like that sometimes. You can feel like you're all beat up and overwhelmed. As a mom, and motherhood is overwhelming when your kids are small. It's, it can be overwhelming when your kids are grown. You know, kids never get too old when their mothers stop being concerned about them. So on this Mother's Day, I, wanted, I was just praying to the Lord for some words of encouragement from our mom, especially in relationship to dealing with those feelings of being overwhelmed in motherhood. And so our focus this morning is going to be on the most famous mother of all time. Her name is Mary, and she was the mother of Jesus. And we're going to see from her life how to overcome being overwhelmed. Now, it may seem strange to look at a passage that we're usually uh, only familiar with it during Christmas time, and here we are in May about to read uh, Luke chapter 1, but I want to us to just pay attention to this passage. And as we read it, I want you to think about how you might have responded had you been in her place and experienced what she experienced. So let's read the story in Luke 1. We'll put the verses up on the screen. It's a lengthy passage, but I want you to have the story in mind as we uh, go on with the message. So Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26, says, now in the sixth month, The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The bondslave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now at that time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my savior, for he has, for he has had regard for the humble state of his bondslave. for behold, from this time on and all generations will, will, all generations will count me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in the thoughts of their, of their heart He has brought down rulers from their thrones and exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. And Mary stayed with her about three months, and then she returned to her home. Okay, now with that story in mind, I want you to, first of all, keep in mind, though, that Mary, when this was happening... Was, was a teenager. So this angel shows up one day, just again, try to imagine this. She, an angel shows up one day and says this to Mary, I know you've never had sex with any man before, but you're going to have a baby and the baby's going to be the son of God. Okay? <laughs> I mean, first of all, how would you kind of, have responded to that kind of news? I mean, I can imagine some of the things that might have been going on in Mary's head. Like, first of all, how am I going to explain this? Is anyone going to believe me? I mean, I think she's probably thinking about some of the implications of what is Joseph going to say? When I tell Joseph, I'm pregnant, but it's not what you think. (laughs) And what are my parents going to think when I tell them? Mom, dad, I'm pregnant, but the father's God. Okay, honey. (laughs) I mean, she had to be thinking of the implications of what had just been told to her. Joseph is probably going to, you know, she's probably thinking, she's probably going to want anything to do with me. My parents are going to doubt me. The community is going to disgrace me. I mean, my reputation is shot. I may lose my life. I mean, remember in those days, immorality could be punished by stoning, and so she's got to be thinking some overwhelming type of thoughts initially, and what does she do, though, when she is struck with what would have been overwhelming for anybody? How does she deal with it? Because she does overcome it. She overcomes being overwhelmed, but how does she do that? That's what I want us to consider today. Now, the application of this applies to all of us, but I'm spe- specifically focused on moms today and looking at how Mary dealt with being overwhelmed, how she overcame, overcame being overwhelmed. The first thing I want you to notice that she does is, number one, first thing she does is she lets go of the need to control the situation and she lets God handle it. I mean, so much, in, uh, so much of the stress in our lives is caused by this need to manage and control things that we can't control. But we feel the need to try to control. And that stresses us out so much. Trying to control things that are uncontrolled in your life will make you feel overwhelmed. So Mary asked the angel after she heard this overwhelming news, her question is, but how? But how? How can this happen? I'm a virgin. Now, the angel's answer is simply, nothing is impossible with God. That's the angel's answer. I mean, our typical reaction for all of us in this room when we feel overwhelmed, I think our first, the first two words that come to mind is, but how? But how? How am I going to get it all done? How am I going to fix that problem? How am I going to heal that relationship? But how? The angel's response, basically, is simply... He doesn't give a detailed explanation, really. He says, basically, is anything too hard for God? Now, the answer is no. God can do anything, and God can do everything. So the angel basically is letting her know she doesn't have to control the situation. See, we all need to understand that although we, are situ- we have situations in our lives that are out of control, out of our control, they're not out of God's control. Let me say it again. You need to understand that although your situation may be out of your control, it is not out of God's control. When Mary understood this, she stopped worrying and she started trusting. When she accepted that, and received that, and believed that, she stopped being overwhelmed and started trusting God. Her, her response is I'm the Lord's servant. I'm willing to do whatever you want. That's her response. In other words, she says, May everything you said come true. So she responds by submitting and just trusting. That's our response. So our response is a response of faith. So what I'd like to do this morning is I want to just invite everyone, just close your eyes for a moment. Everyone just close your eyes. And I want you to think about a situation that is overwhelming you or that you've wrestled with from time to time as as it has from time been overwhelming to you. A lot of you have a situation in mind right now, a person in mind, a challenge a problem. Now, right now, just go ahead and choose to let go of control of this and let God handle this. Whatever's overwhelming you today, overwhelming you say, okay, Lord, here it is. I can't, I can't control this, but you can. So here it is. And just right now, give it to God. Just give it to God. Release it to him. Okay, you can open your eyes. You know, Will talked last week about how God has a plan for each of our lives. And I want to kind of pick up on that because we really see that happening in this story that we just read. I want to just point out to you three facts about God's plan for your life. Knowing this will really help you as his plan unfolds for your life. Three facts about God's plan for your life. First fact is this. God's plan for your life is always bigger than your plan. God's plan for your life is always bigger than your plan. I mean, all Mary and Joseph wanted to do was get married, settle down, and move to the suburbs. That was their plan. Their plan was very simple. God's plan was quite a bit bigger than that. I mean, God wanted to bless the whole world through them. I'd say it's a slightly bigger plan than theirs. God has a much bigger plan for each of our lives than we have for ourselves. Our plans are small. Our plans are short-sighted. We think about things like just surviving. We think about a little comfort here, maybe a little pleasure there. And God is thinking about using us to change the world. his plan is always bigger than our plan. I want to tell you a story that uh, happened just, it it really started just a year ago. A year ago when I was in Pakistan, it was the morning that I was going to go to, to, I was going to leave the city of Lahore, second largest city in Pakistan, and go to another city, and I was going to lead a, a, a meeting there with about 200 pastors and wives. And so that morning, I was just having breakfast at this hostel that I was staying at, and in a few hours after that, I was going to make the journey to where I was going to be staying and doing this conference. And so I was having breakfast, and at this hostel, a, a man came and sat by me at the, the, right, right across the table from me. And he was a Pakistani man, but he also spoke great English. And we began to have a conversation. He happened to be a banker. He worked at a bank that had ba- banks here in the U.S. and a bank in Pakistan. He traveled back and forth quite often. And as we started to talk, he found out that I was a Christian, but he also found out I was a pastor. And then he began to become very cynical and jaded and critical and sarcastic about religion, about pastors, and the whole thing. And the whole thing became quite negative. And then during our conversation, and it just the Spirit of the Lord just came on me, and, and I, just, I just kind of blurted out in our conversation, you have the call of God in your life. And you're running from it, aren't you? Now that's not something I say to everybody. (laughs) But it just happened. I just it kind of blurted out, and as it's coming out, I'm just surprising myself a little bit that I'm saying this. And and as I said that, he just tilted his head, looked at me, like, why would you say that? And then he got a little defensive, and then he left. So I went out to my room, and I was preparing. I was praying, preparing for the, the afternoon. And and all of a sudden, there's a knock on my door, and it's the manager of the hostel, and he has has a phone. He doesn't speak English. He hands me the phone. I pick the phone up, and it's this Pakistani banker man saying, uh, he says, I'm actually doing some business in a meeting. Can I come back and talk to you? I said, sure. I'll be here for a few more hours. And so he came back in about an hour, and he begins to pour out his heart. He begins to cry in my room, and we begin to talk about the Lord. And he, he's, he's really coming close to receiving Christ as a Savior, Lord, but he stopped short. And then and I've got to go, and he's got to go. And so, but we continued after that to text and to talk on the phone. Well, some, many months after that, several months after that, he uh, contacts me and says, I'm going to be in Dallas at such and such a time, and I want to talk to you. I could tell there's, a, there's an excitement that he, the guy's been dealing with him. He's, he really wants to talk about it. And I said, that's great, except I'm in Myanmar. I'm not in Dallas, but one of our pastors would be glad to meet with you. And so Brian uh, met with him and uh, spoke with him and began to interact with him. And Brian ends up getting him across the finish line, leads him to Christ and baptizes him. And that's not, the, that's not the whole story <laughs> because you know, there continues to be interaction between him and Brian, and he's, he's being discipled. Well, just, I think it was a two or three weeks ago, Brian, this happened, that uh, he actually is, I'm going to show you a clip of him speaking in a church in Pakistan, sharing his testimony and challenging these believers in their walk with Christ. Let's just watch this clip.
1: या अभी जो खुदा ने ही रोया बख्शी है कि यहां पे आपके घर में एक मिजागर होना चाहिए तो कहने का मतलब ये है कि पास्टर सलामत आप सबके लिए एक बहुत अच्छी ब्लेसिंग है खुदा की बरकत है कि आपके पास पास्टर स्वामी जैसे है। हैं मैं चाहूंगा कि आप इनकी फरकात को भी अप्रीशिएट करें और इनके लिए तालियां लगाएं
0: that was, and that, this, this happened within a year, all this. But see, God had this plan before the earth was formed. Now, my plan that morning was a lot smaller than God's plan. I wanted breakfast. <laughs> but God had a bigger plan. He had a bigger plan for me, for Brian, and for this man here. See, God's plan is always bigger than your plan. And our plans tend to be very, very short-sighted, very self-focused, but God is working things out and orchestrating all kinds of things that we don't even understand. So that's the first truth about God's plan for you. God's plan is always bigger than your plan. Second truth, God's plan is usually harder than your plan. It's usually harder. It's usually more difficult. It's often confusing. Oftentimes, it doesn't make sense. Certainly, it didn't make sense to Mary what she was hearing I mean, the plan that God had for Mary's life was much more difficult than the one that she had for her life, wasn't it? I mean, could you imagine? Just imagine, knowing people, can you imagine the gossip that went on in the town about her? Can you imagine how hard that would have been? How ruthless the criticism would have been? Can you imagine how difficult that trip to Bethlehem would have been? Now, you, you moms who have been through pregnancy, can you imagine two or three days before your delivery being on a donkey two or three days on a bumpy road? That would have been hard. Can you imagine delivering the baby without a hospital, a doctor, a midwife, without your mother? And there you are, maybe all by yourself, surrounded by animals. I mean, I, I, I just think Mary had to be asking from time to time. She's human. She had to be asking from time to time, God, why does it have to be so hard? I've submitted to your plan, but why is your plan so hard? You ever ask that God that question, why does it have to be so hard? I tell you, we have, I think every mom here and every mom that's online right now has asked that question from time to time, why does it have to be so hard? we've all asked that question. And I think uh, we're thinking in our staff meeting about all of our moms. We'd like to do something for them. We're thinking of all the special things we could do to honor our moms. Then we started thinking about even the extra load that our single moms carry in our church family. And so we thought, what can we do just to, you know, somehow make it a little bit easier for them? And so we decided what we would do is every single mom, if you've got kids still at home under 20 years of age, they're over 20, tell them to get a job. <laughs> but if you're a single mom with kids under 20 and they're still living at your house, we're giving every single mom at Grace Community Church today $50. So all you got to do at the, at, the, at the end of the service is come up here, and you're going to get a $50 bill as one of our single moms. Is that cool or what? So praise God. So Mary probably has asked the question many times, why does it have to be so hard? But here's the deal. God was fulfilling a promise that he had made thousands of years before when he promised Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Now, from Mary's point of view, all this came up kind of suddenly, right? It it seems like spontaneous surprise. But from God's perspective, he planned it before the creation. He He had the whole genealogy down that it's going to be through her. It was already planned that it was going to happen that way. So here's the truth about God's plan for your life is that nothing in your life is an accident. Say that again, nothing. Nothing in your life is an accident. There is a purpose behind every problem. There's a purpose behind every problem. Doesn't surprise God one bit. He knew everything that was going to happen in each of our lives long before it happened, even the bad stuff. He doesn't cause the bad stuff, but He'll even take the bad stuff and He'll turn it good for His good purposes, for us, and for His glory. So, God's plan, first of all, is always bigger than your plan. Second of all, it's usually harder than your plan. And third of all, God's plan for your life is always better than your plan. It's always better. You know, God looks at uh, your life and my life from an eternal perspective. He's always thinking with eternity in mind, his plan for our lives. I mean, my life was always, my, my plan's always been short-sighted. I remember in high school, I played basketball. My plan was to play basketball in college. That was the whole plan. I didn't think far beyond that. And so my senior year, I mean, I, I'd already had the, the coach at Louisiana Tech had already uh, told me that I would be getting a scholarship there, but then I broke my ankle my senior year and uh he told me basically show him that I can get back in shape and, and I play basketball there so i went out to the track my high school senior year and i was throwing the javelin back and forth to a friend who threw the javelin on the track team but I threw it further than he threw it so i became i became part of the track team and then i ended up long story short i ended up with a scholarship throwing the javelin at louisiana tech instead but what was interesting is the, the, all the track guys lived on one hallway all the basketball team lived on another the two most committed Christian guys that I knew of in the whole university were two cross country runners on the track team that were after me, praying for me, loving me, caring for me, and I and I just and it dawned on me even then what God was doing. That's why He had me on that hallway and not that hallway. And so I ended up becoming a follower of Christ. And as I became a follower of Christ in college, again I'm still thinking well, the short sighted. What am I going to do after college? And I went to a little church as a new convert, and there's another new convert who happened to be a captain who just got promoted as a major. He led the RLTC program at Louisiana Tech, and he had been an Air Force fighter pilot. And he found out that my father was an Air Force fighter pilot, and that I really had a dream that I would fly, I'd fly fighter planes, too, one day. But I kind of put that dream aside and was still wrestling with whether or not to do it. And uh, he said, I'll tell you what, why don't you just take the pilot aptitude test, and just, for, just, for, just for grins, take it. Let's see how you do on it. So I took it, and he said, he scored the highest score anyone's ever scored on this test. He said, uh, I'll tell you what, because you're an honor student in engineering and you're testing on that score, he says, if you go to OTS, Officer Training School, this summer and do the next two years in ROTC, I've got three pilot slots right now that only God, me, and you know about, and I guarantee you one. And so I'm a brand-new Christian, I thought, Okay. That's what I want to do. But I've just met Christ, and I just want to do whatever he wants me to do, and I don't know how to find that out. How do you find that out? So I had a Bible, and all I knew is that God spoke through that book. I didn't know hardly anything about the Bible, but I knew that was the word of God, and I was convinced of it. And so I went into my room all by myself, and I prayed. and said, Lord, I don't know how you speak to people these days, but I'll do whatever you want me to do. I just don't know what you want me to do. Should I go? And you need to understand a little bit of the backstory. My father is a fighter pilot. My brother went in the Air Force Academy to be training as a fighter pilot. He didn't finish, but that was going on at that time. And so all that's going on, and I'm saying, Lord, do you want me to go that route? What do you want me to do? So I'm in my room on my knees. I get my Bible out, and I, and I said, Lord, I don't even know if this is legal. <laughs> but I'm going to try this, and I just opened my Bible. And I put my finger on a verse and I said, Lord, I, you need to answer, I need to answer my question. What do you want me to do? And I put my finger down a verse the verse of second chronicles chapter thirty, verse seven and eight said this. Do not be like your fathers and your brothers. <laughs> I'm not making this up, guys. Do not be like your fathers and your brothers who were unfaithful to the Lord God. Do not stiffen your neck like your fathers, but yield to the Lord and enter his sanctuary, which he has consecrated forever, and serve the Lord your God. So I said, okay. I mean, I didn't know this was you know, a dramatic thing. I thought, that's how you that's how, you'd work, how it works, you know. Okay, I'll go in the ministry. That was when I made the decision. Now, I always hesitate to share this story because I don't want everybody going home tonight and playing Bible roulette, okay? That's really not a healthy thing to do. God cut me a lot of slack at that moment in my life. It's not the normative way to get God's answers, okay? Because you could also do this. You could just pray that prayer, God speak to me. What do you want to do for me? Open it up and land on Deuteronomy twenty-eight, twenty-seven. That says this, the Lord will smite you with the boils of Egypt and with tumors and with the scab and with the itch from which you cannot be healed. So be careful about that. But my, plan, but my plan has always been so short-sighted. And God's plan is always much bigger, mostly harder, most times harder, but also always better. It's always better than our plan. He knows what's best. He knows what's good. He loves us. He's got a better plan for your life than you have. And here's the thing, that we can trust him. We can trust him for the plan that he has for us. So that's really the first, just the first point, simply, we need, when we're feeling overwhelmed, we need to let go of the the need to control it and let God control it, knowing that he has a plan for our life that's better than our plan. All right, second thing, when you feel overwhelmed, let, is number two, and what Mary did, is let others help you out. When you feel overwhelmed, let others help you. That's what Mary did, verse 39. Mary is, didn't waste a minute. I mean, she got up and she traveled to, Judea, to Judah, to the hill country. And right away, she, was, she wanted to be by Elizabeth. Elizabeth was also pregnant. She was having really her own miracle baby because she was too old to be having children. It wasn't a virgin birth, but it was a miracle that she had, she had a baby at, at this late age. And she's actually carrying in her womb Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist. And it was a miracle pregnancy. She's six months pregnant. So Elizabeth is an older, wiser, more spiritually mature, and further along in her pregnancy than Mary. She's the perfect person to help her younger cousin go through her overwhelming circumstances. So here's the point. Point simply this. When you are overwhelmed, you need to find an Elizabeth. You need an Elizabeth in your life. And Elizabeth, what is an Elizabeth? Elizabeth is a strong believer. Someone who is a stronger believer than you, can be a spiritual partner, a mentor to you, a little bit older than you, had more experience than you in life, further along uh, than you are. Now for a gal, that's going to be an older, more mature gal. For a guy, it's going to be an older, more mature guy. But when you're feeling overwhelmed, find an Elizabeth. Find that person. Get someone's help. Don't do it alone. We tend, when we're overwhelmed, to actually isolate ourselves when we need somebody to speak into our lives and encourage us. So find that person when you're overwhelmed. And we got a lot of great older moms that would love to be available to the younger moms here. I know Tracy and Kathleen have really been wanting to see those connections. So let you know, let them help you make that connection. All right, and the third thing we see that Mary does when she's feeling overwhelmed, is she lets God give her strength. You know, sometimes we think it all depends on me. It all depends on me. And it doesn't depend on us. I mean, God is saying, won't you let me help you? Let me help you. I'll help you. So how do you get God's strength when you feel overwhelmed? Two ways, two things that Mary did. The first way you get God's strength when you feel overwhelmed is by praising God for his goodness. That's what she does. I mean, there's an enormous power in praise. It creates incredible energy. We get our eyes off our problems and, and off, off the situation onto God. And so that's what, that's what she does. And when you do that, when you begin just to praise God, here's what Mary, Mary says, Oh, I praise the Lord. I rejoice in God my Savior. She's breaking out in praise in this overwhelming situation. And that's given her strength. Kathy, go ahead and come up here, would you? You know, there's a, a song that we oftentimes sing in Jihop. And the song is there's a line that says, This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This am in praise and thanksgiving. This is how I fight my battles. Why? Because there's power in it. And then the next line is, It looks like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It looks like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. So I want us to do something. I want everyone to close your eyes again. And Kathy just gonna just lead us just a just a few few moments of just again focusing in on him and fighting our battles by just praising him and trusting him right now.
1: It may, like it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you It may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you It may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you It may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you Cause this is how I fight This is how I fight my battles This is how I fight my battles This is how I fight my battles This is how I It may look like I'm surrounded But I'm surrounded by you It may look like I'm surrounded But I'm surrounded by you Jesus, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm
0: surrounded by you. Amen. Amen. You can feel it, can't you? I mean, there's, there's power in just, and, just, and strength in just praising God and Resting in him, trusting in him. So Mary did that. Mary broke off and praise, but she also does a second real important thing that gave her strength in the midst of being overwhelmed. And that is she, she obviously was a woman of the word. She is quoting Old Testament scripture in the passage we read. She had meditated on the word of God. See, God gives us strength, and we meditate on his word, and we make the word of God go from our head down into our heart and soul she breaks out and prays, she's a woman of the word, even as a teenager. it's just amazing how many passages she quotes right there. See, when we when we meditate on the Word of God, it gives us strength, it gives us perspective. Real quickly now Psalm 1, one and two says How blessed is the man or woman who dwells not, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his or her delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law, in his law he meditates day and night. So the counsel of the ungodly is so pervasive in our culture that our only hope is to feed on the Word of God. To feed on the Word of God. This word meditate is a very important word in the Bible. It's used 58 times in the Old Testament. And the English word actually has, is, is used of, of, a, of a cow chewing its cud. You know, it's the idea of you're really getting it into you. You're, you're getting the Word of God. You're thinking about it. You're chewing on it. You're meditating on it. You're talking to God about it, and it's becoming part of you. Now, why is that so important? Psalm 1-3 tells us why. Here's the result of meditating on the scriptures. And he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. Think about that. There's three results of being a man or a woman of the word of God. Three results of meditating on the word of God in your life. Here's the three results, real simple. It'll make you fruitful, it'll make you durable, it'll make you prospering. It'll make you fruitful. You become a fruitful person as you meditate on the Scriptures. You are a blessing to other people. You are bearing fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. Also, it'll make you durable. You know, the point here is that when hot winds are blowing and the rain's not falling and all the other trees that aren't by the streams of water are are, are wilting, you you aren't. You are in the midst of a very difficult situation and your leaf remains... Green, because you delight in the word of God. So you, you have a happiness that is durable. It is durable. It doesn't depend on how the wind is blowing or when the rain is falling. You know, it, it's, it's dependent on this, the absolutely unchangeableness of the word of God that you're meditating on. And finally, prospering. Whatever he does, he prospers. What does this mean? It means that when we delight in the word of God... Instead of walking in the counsel of the wicked or standing in the way of sinners or sitting in, the, sitting in the seat of scoffers, we are doing things that He wants us to do and He blesses and we are walking in the blessing of God and prospering. So you are being strengthened by God's word. You're fruitful, you're durable, you're prospering, and you are overcoming being overwhelmed. So, real simply, I'm going to give it to you these three points again before we close in prayer, and that is this. If you feel overwhelmed, take these steps. Okay, all you moms particularly, listen, don't forget these simple steps. Number one, let go of control, of your need to control it. Let God control it. He can control what you cannot control. Let him have it. Give it to him. Remember, he has a plan, a plan that you don't totally understand, but it's a good plan. Number two, let other people help you. Don't go it alone. Find an Elizabeth. And number three, let God give you strength. How? Through praise. Just begin to praise Him and through meditating on the Word of God. If you do those three things, all of us, if we do these three things, th- this is the key to living a life of peace and joy. And this is the key to having a happy Mother's Day. Let's stand for prayer. Father, we do pray that uh, all of us would really walk this out. We would be people that others look at and say, How can you, in the midst of your circumstances, how do you have peace? How do you have joy? And, and Lord, that we can be those kind of examples because we are trusting you with the situation we cannot control. Because Lord, we're getting encouragement from other strong believers. Because, Lord, because we're gathering strength from you through praise and through your word. Lord, we thank you for this ministry of your Holy Spirit that works on all these things. And Lord, we pray a special blessing on all the moms today, all the gatherings, Lord, as you bless everyone, we pray, pray Lord, for, for some surprising phone calls today. As you bless moms, that you really put a hook in a prodigal's heart, or, Lord, a child that just normally doesn't remember, whatever, Lord, would you just make this a great day for every mom that's hearing my voice right now. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, before we dismiss, again, if you got one of those prizes, guys, I'm going to have all kinds of money up here. And his corner to hand out. But also, if you have any questions for of our staff here in this Connection Coffee Corner, we're glad to answer your questions. And, and also, we'll have some couples down here. we be glad to pray for you. God bless you. You're dismissed. Happy Mother's Day.